I'm Branko Melodic, and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. Today, we will talk about the working sphere. WeWork is a provider of co-working spaces, including physical and virtual shared spaces headquartered in New York City. As of December 31, 2021, which are the latest figures I have, the company operated some 756 locations in 38 countries and had something like almost 600,000 members. WeWork's global head of studios, Frankie Lima, has extensive design experience having been with WeWork since 2017. He will share his thoughts on what the office should look like now. And he joins us from lovely, sunny, hot London, apparently, at 8.30 in the morning. So welcome (laughs) to Talking Architecture and Design, Frankie Lima. Thank you, Branko. It's a pleasure to be here. Is is, is it sunny in London? Can I I ask? (laughs) Uh, Actually, it is sunny in London. (laughs) It's been pretty warm, so it's good. You know what? Australians can no longer make jokes about the English weather. Seriously, um, cities, Sydney, honestly, is, is soon to be known as the monsoon city. Um, anyway, so look, the dummy's question for me as per usual, what is we work? Or rather, can I ask, why does it exist? I mean, you said it at the beginning. It, it's a, we're a global workplace provider of space, community, services. Uh, we do it through physical and virtual offerings. But ultimately, really what we're trying to do is deliver flexible, safe, inspiring um, spaces like and solutions uh, for workplace um, with a goal to, to deliver just unmatched community experiences, right? So going to work should be an experience. It takes so much time of your life. It should be an experience much better than it's been for a long time. Um, and it's, it's really, really... Um, timely, I think, that we've we've gone through COVID and all of that, and it's accelerated a number of things that haven't really um, been triggered before. Uh, so we have a huge opportunity now to, to rethink it all, and that's where we work really thrives. Interesting. I, I read recently in Melbourne, for example, so you, you, you have, you've got um, you know, a presence in Melbourne, haven't you? We do, yes. In yeah. Australia, we're in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Perth. Yeah, I, I read recently that they're having to drag people into the office and <laughs> kicking and screaming. So, yes, it might be a bit of a challenge in Melbourne anyway. Um, can you tell me more about WeWork's design strategy around its portfolio of its, all its, well, its 756 locations? So I'm assuming that there's, there's, there's a standard sort of overarching design and then you kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of then, then customise that to the particular um, geographic location? Or is, is that how you do it? Or is there another way? Uh, it's evolved, but I think I think that's probably the most simplistic way of, of putting it. Um, ultimately, what, what we're trying to do, we do have some standards, um, but I think what's important to understand is that whilst we're a global provider and we ha- we offer an experience that is fairly consistent on the functionality aspects of it, uh, every single building is local and every single experience that people have is local as well. Um, and the localization of, of design of workplace is not really about 
uh, or it's not just about the aesthetics being local, right? A lot of it is really about understanding what are the local business cultures. Uh, it's about understanding what a building fabric is within a specific geographic context. Uh, you know, the light in Sydney is not really the same light as in London, right? relating it to the different types of weathers that you have. So um, part of our strategy is really uh, try to recognize, it, like engage with the building fabric, recognize its qualities, um, and then before making decisions about how it's going to uh, create moments of surprise for people and create an environment that feels like you're at home, like we we really try to make sure that um, that it is as localized as possible in all dimensions, not just aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, interesting what you said about the light. That is actually really, really true. Um, the light is very different, you know, in, depending on, you know, especially Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere. So, yeah, good point. So how have WeWorks designs changed from, you know, when you started to now? I mean, I assume this has been some sort of evolution over time. Um, how, how have they changed? Yes. Well, obviously, the, the, the range or the spectrum of, of types of companies or businesses uh, that have come to WeWork uh, goes from freelancers all the way through to Fortune 500 companies. And that was not the case in the beginning, right? And that's why co-working is one component that I think at the beginning was very much associated with startups and small small companies. We, we have large corporations taking full buildings with WeWork. That's a very different type of member. So definitely one of the things that has changed is how we've been designing for a much broader um, audience, if you if you will, and that includes also, particularly on a post COVID world, um, very transient members. Right, we have members that come in just for one hour into our building, and they go to a different building every day. So just catering, designing to cater for um, that variety of of office users uh, has definitely changed it. And the other thing is also. The way that we that we let our design be data driven uh, has also changed. Like we were very interested in making sure that it is data driven, both from a business but from a human centric perspective as well. Uh, but the way that we've started doing that, we've become a lot more disciplined. So we're very very serious about listening to uh, our members and learning with them and going on a journey of trying to understand what's the best way for them to work. And we feel that we are in a really strong position to help them with that because our our infrastructure is is quite good it's flexible it's timeless uh, we have the ability to help them change the way that they work within the same building or in different buildings grow or shrink um, so we're really focused on that at the moment is how do we become much much better at actually listening to not just the end user but the decision makers within uh, the, the organizations and uh, and just let our design be driven by that before we we say well here's our new brand standards like that that's that's the least important part at the moment because really all buildings may look different but if we are really engaging with the human centric side of of the experience that people have in offices then we're more likely to be successful at it. You mentioned two things there. You mentioned um, pandemic. <laughs> The, um, the word that I never want to hear again, and um, also your own flexibility and nimbleness. Um, how has how have how has the pandemic changed the way you the way you're growing and 
were you, I mean, you're obviously going to say yes, but would you think you, you were fast enough and nimble enough to to realise the change in our in our work environment? Um, or, or is that still a work in progress? I think it's still a work in progress, but I don't know that all the work that is being done now is necessarily because of the pandemic. It just really feels right now that reimagining the workplace is constantly going to be a work in progress. It's it's so entrenched in just the way that people live, right? And And... I think what the pandemic has done is accelerated that in many ways because it's forced us into situations that we haven't, at least in a generation, we haven't been exposed to. Um, and I think we were we were uh, really, really fast at responding to it. And the, the initial concern was obviously like, how do we create spaces that are safe? Because everyone felt really uncomfortable going into workplaces, right? So that was the initial focus. And we were very fast at at uh, creating solutions for that. Uh, but then beyond that, just learning how uh, companies were struggling to bring back their employees or they were struggling to secure talent. Um, we continued that work. And that's what I mean by being so important to listen to, uh, to, to the organizations and we're constantly learning. What we found out is actually that our portfolio of buildings and uh, the way that we've designed them is really resilient. And that it is a good basis for us to um, to keep adapting what the solutions that we offer to to members. It's funny you say that. Yeah, it, it, it has changed the way we we interact with other humans. I mean, I, I'm now annoyed if someone gets in a lift with me. That never used to bother me before. I mean, you know, like, oh God, why, why are you in here? You know, whereas yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. Like, it wouldn't care. Right? People got to catch lifts, but it, it is. It is. That's one of the aspects that is really important, right? Like, it, when we're designing, uh, not just workplace, like a lot of the, a lot of the our responsibility is to almost imagine uh, how people interact with each other and and. You know, what's your sphere of privacy against someone else's sphere of privacy? And where where do you feel comfortable being in the same space and, and collaborating? Where do you need space to be alone and be focused? Uh, and part of the work that we've been doing with, with a lot of companies is exactly trying to um, almost like stitch together. Like we can always talk about the different components that an office has. Oh, you have a focus area and you have a, um, a social area or a collaborative area, but really the, the hard work is how do you think about adjacencies? How do you think about how people navigate uh, spaces and just the variety of, uh, of possibilities because every single person is, is different uh, is huge. So being able to create that, to, to connect the, all those elements together um, and provide opportunities. I think that's the thing that is most important, right? Is to provide the opportunity for people to make choices that fit their own needs or uh, probably deal with their own fears <laughs> to your point of like getting in the lift with, with other people, right? As long as people feel that they have choices, then they don't need to resort to being closed at home because that's the only safe thing that they can do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So as, as with, um, on that point, as with, you know, members take space with the work, how are they designing their own workspace? Because that's something that that they can do, right? They can they can modify it to their own needs, yeah. 
So one of the things that, that we've been working on is members who have taken space and they say, I, I've taken this much space, but in reality, um, our, our employees are only coming to work three days a week, for example, or we're seeing them come in five days a week, but it's only 50% of people coming in at each time, right. which means that actually we have more space, but what they come in to do is also different. And so we have members that we've been working with um, to try to understand whether the office for them is a place where people just come together to collaborate or is it a combination of both? Is it a place where they bring their clients, for example? Um, and it's they have the ability to tell us what they, their company does and how they do it and how they're thinking they're going to move forward. And we have the ability to adapt that by shifting furniture, by making sure that they have the right um, infrastructure in the right places to, to, to do those moves. And then if three months later, they come to us and say like, you know what, it's not really working because people are not coming to the office to collaborate. They actually want to come to the office because they can't focus at home. Then we help them change that, right? And, and it's, we have plenty of examples where it changes on a three month or six month basis. What are some of the ways you've seen some of your members um, try and get the younger staff back in, like Gen Z or Gen Alpha, back into the office? Because uh, you know, there, there has been, a, as I've said, there, there has been issues here in Australia anyway of, of, of getting people back into the office. How, how, what, what are some unique ways you've seen, you've seen some of your members um, do that? One of the things that we've been working really hard on is the evolution of WeWork buildings uh, going from being buildings with great amenities and great common spaces where people can come together as a community uh, when they're not in their private offices. And what, we've, what we're really working hard on is how can we hybridize that even more and create the same sort of community experience that you would have on a shared space where you meet with other companies within your own private office. And what we've learned is that there's actually a lot to be done on making sure that the space where you have your desk is as enticing and as inspiring to work at as the place where you go and get the coffee at the barista or uh, the, the wellness center that you have in the building. So that's, that's, that's something that I think is really important to um, to acknowledge is that we we can't just say we have a building and you have your office and then you can go here to have fun. If you if you are there to work, then within your work environment, right? You need to you need to have the same sort of a, a heightened experience that you would have uh, when you go in, into an amenity space. If that makes sense, it does actually. So, could you say that the hybrid work models that, that, that we're seeing now actually we've been I think personally that this is the, the new the new the new normal I guess um do you think would you say they've benefited your or your communal design I mean you think that that you're kind of the right company at the right time at the right spot uh yes I think this is definitely our time and I think a huge part of why um why we're so unique in the way that we do it is actually the way that the company uh, is structured and how 
you know, we're a design team within a workplace provider company, which means that our commitment to the mission comes from within. And that's a very different proposition than saying, well, I'm doing a real estate development and I'm going to hire a designer, I'm going to hire PMs. We have a, a cross-functional group of people under one umbrella committed to delivering this experience. And we're so close to it that like we we have a member experience team that provides us feedback coming directly from members. That feedback loop of how end users are experiencing our spaces uh, comes straight to us in-house, the design team, to rethink those things and to find new solutions. And some things are more disruptive than others. There are things that are like gradual improvements. Um, but just how fast we're able to or how quickly we're able to uh, responds to how our members are um, enjoying, not enjoying, or unhappy or happy with the spaces is a huge advantage. Um, it puts us in a position of greater responsibility towards members because we're designing all of that from within and we're trying to respond to our business needs, their business needs, uh, not on the basis of a contract, but really on the basis of like, our commitment to the mission that we have. What do you see as the future of the sector? Because this sector has grown a fair bit over uh, over the years um, and as a number of providers and themselves. But what do you see as the future of, of the sector? I think it's really important to um, to acknowledge that to succeed, we're going to have to keep innovating. Uh, but I think the the operators that will thrive will be the ones who are committed to a wholesome experience instead of just designing a beautiful office that feels like your home and therefore that's a great solution. It's really, are you designing to connect people as a community? Are you designing to connect buildings to city fabrics? Are you designing to connect people's lives and make work like a more um, um, holistic part of, of their day to day? And I think that the sector will grow and the people who will succeed are the ones who are committed to delivering the whole experience, not just providing a beautiful solution or the right location only, right? It's all of that. It's speaking the right locations, having the right, the right hospitality experience, having the right offering of amenities and making sure that the basics of functionality are on point. And when all of that comes together, then I think then I think we're succeeding. I think that's where the future will go. I think, I, I think I'll get you to talk to my boss, Frankie. Um, <laughs> Frankie Lima, WeWorks Global Head of Studios. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Go out and enjoy that lovely London sun. It started raining here. Who knew? So um, anyway, look, take care. Have a lovely weekend. Until next time. See you. Take care. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time. Goodbye. I'm Brent Kermelitic, and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.